father's table. An introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives. Welcome back to the father's table. It's good to have you back with us. Uh, tonight I have a very special guest. This is like a two-parter. Because um, the last time I had Crystalline on the show joining us. Uh, but tonight I have Bart joining us, who is Crystalline's husband. Uh, Bart is a 30-year-old uh, Lutheran pastor from Buffalo, New York. Uh, he resides uh, with his family in Los Angeles. And um, it seems like uh, from what I see here, Bart comes from a line of pastors, uh, which is really cool. Um, he's been married since 2015, and he has two daughters. Uh, welcome to the show, Bart. Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No it's problem, man. It's, it's good to have you. It's good thank to have you. you. Uh, thanks for coming, and uh, thanks for supporting. It's really cool. Um, just, I don't know if you heard the last episode, but I met, um, Bart through Crystalline. I met Crystalline at the library, um, for like toddler time. And, uh, you know, the kids were playing and conversations, you know, started happening and, uh, me and Crystalline was talking and she told me about her father. I said, Hey, you know, I do a podcast and, and then the rest was history. And then, you know, we were both you know, talked about how we're Christians and faith and a whole bunch of different things. And we're here tonight and I think it's going to be a good show. Uh, so for, uh, so for you, Bart, I want to do something a little different. Okay. Um, I tried this before and I don't know if it went well, but I'm going to try it again tonight. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to fire questions off at you as, as quickly as I can. And I just want quick, you don't have to explain it yet, but I just want quick yes or no answers. Okay. Oh, um, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to yes be quick. No. Yes or no, I'm going to ask you no quick yes or no question. <laughs> yep. Just get basic things. I'm going to try to do this in 15 seconds. Okay. So. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Here we go. Do you keep in touch with your father? I do. Yes. Is your biological father married to your biological mother? Yes. Do you have sisters, brothers by the same father? Yes. One sister, one brother. Is your father or was your father a reserved man? I would say no. Do you consider your father heroic? I do. Do you consider your father a passive? A passive? Yes and no. Growing up, was your father active in your life? Yes. Were you afraid of your father? No. Did your father show you how to live life? Yes. Do you want your children to be like you? Yes. Do you want your children to be better? I do. Did your father teach you how to be a man? Yes. Do you believe your upbringing shaped the man you are today? Yes. 
Was your father there for you growing up? Yes. Do you resent your father? No. Do you honor your father? I hope so. Did your father, uh, did you honor your father growing up? <laughs> I hope so. I would say that's probably a yes and no. Okay. And one more. Did your father smoke? Uh, not in my lifetime, but prior, yes. Okay, cool. I don't even know if that was 15 seconds. Uh, Probably like 30, because I didn't yeah. yes and no all the You time. know what's funny? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's no, all good. You, you know what's funny? When when I try to do this, uh, I turned it. I turned the alarm off, so I couldn't hear it go off. But these are good answers. Um, I like. I, I start. I'm starting to get into the rhythm of doing this uh, exercise with guests. I didn't do it with Crystalline because I didn't have it down yet. Um, but I did it with another guy, and uh, he explained the answers, and that's cool. So I, that's why I tried to make sure to, to tell you that hey, you know, just try to answer yes or no. You know, because yeah. I wanted to hit to these points. So let's begin. Um, I like to start off um, the same way with people. I would like you to close your eyes. Okay. Take three deep breaths. And tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you think of your father. My father was very uh, hardworking, uh, both in his vocation of being a pastor himself, um, but also as a uh, father um, and a husband. Uh, he demonstrated his love through um, service and doing things um, and being present that uh, he was very involved in, in those uh, very tangible ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know how much you want me to share right now, but if you would like me to continue to expound on that, I'm happy to. Oh, please go ahead, man. This is a, it's an interview. Relax, man. We just, <laughs> we just talk. <laughs> um, but he, for example, this is something that I always remember is he would go to sleep at 9 p.m., if not earlier, way earlier. He would wake up at 4.30 in the morning or so uh, and be out of the house at the church office and get a lot of the administrative work done um, so that he was able to come home. Say it was when um, we were in school to either take us to school, get um, everything ready for school, take us um, wherever we needed to go, or if it was summer, we would be uh, be able to spend time with us at breakfast. Um, mm -hmm. And he would feel comfortable doing that because he just spent three hours prior <laughs> doing all of this work um, so that he could um, do such things. Um, so my father was very, very um, intentional about making the time uh, to mm -hmm. be there for us as children. Uh, and that was also uh, partly to do with uh, my mom has lupus. Mm. Um, so he, um, by necessity, had a lot to do 
um, in, in being a supporter and caretaker toward my mom um, in a lot of different ways as a, as a father and a husband. Um, but that was also, that's just in his nature. Um, and I think it just matched everything perfectly in that sense. Yeah. Oh, okay. So your, your mom had lupus growing up and your dad took care of her and was a pastor at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And my mom, um, as I was younger, um, was more capable of doing certain activities and things. So she was not completely, um, dependent, um, though certainly it impacted her having lupus and made her more dependent than others. Um, and that has only progressed in terms or regressed a few cents as we've gotten older, the more my dad's caretaking toward my mom has had to, to pick up. Um, mm. Her health has declined in aging um, more rapidly than any other a, a quote unquote normal person in normal health. Gotcha. Yeah. Now um, your father is, is this, just camp out at uh, around being a pastor. Mm. Take me back to you growing up like yeah. elementary school. Was he a pastor then? Yes, he was a pastor um, all of my life. He, he was a pastor at the same church um, since his first call out of seminary. So mm-hmm. um, he met my mother at the church that he took his first call to be a pastor. Oh. And so that's where then thus they got, you know, became husband and wife. And then where we were born there in, in Western New York. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So you grew up like in the church, so yeah. to speak, and just seeing how it, yeah. so would you say he, well, I think you've said this, but he was around growing up, you know, regular, you know, life, you know, go to school, elementary school, mm-hmm. come home, he's there. Hey dad, how you doing? Da, yeah. da, da, da. And that's how it was. But I also assume that you spent a lot of time at church. I did. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of different ways, uh, whether it was he would bring us with him uh, while he had some work that he had to do, whether he brought us with him to help with some of the work that we had to do, or we were, you know, active in um, the choir or any of the Bible studies or the youth groups or anything of the sort. It was kind of um, very much involved. It was a second home uh, running around that place is ingrained in gotcha. my memory. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. The, the blue carpet in the sanctuary is, is <laughs> I close my eyes. I see, I see it as clear as day. Um, all the different um, characteristics of that, that church. Gotcha. Yeah. Now um, for, th- for those of you listening, um, there's a term that describes Bart. Um, he would be called a PK. Have you heard of all these guys? <laughs> Bart, yeah. oh, now, okay. I, okay. So I just want to ask you, are, are the legends true? Are, are PK kids really like out of line or is that just like an urban legend or something? I think that it is a, uh, there is a truth to it, um, but it is not the, um, the rule necessarily. Gotcha. And, um, I know other PKs that, and I know other pastors and their families in which 
their kids turned out to be the stereotypical troubled PK <laughs> PKs. Um, and so it's not an urban legend for them. Yeah, for gotcha. me, it was, that was not my experience. So either I'm an anomaly or, <laughs> or it's, it's, it's just split half and half or anything like that. <laughs> now you being, you being a PK, why do you think that some children just go off the rails like if if you grew up in a household and your father's a pastor mm-hmm. and he's preaching in front of people people are coming to him he's praying for people doing all sorts of stuff doing good loving people as god would love him you know it's a scripture in the bible yeah. how is it that the kids growing up seeing their dad inside the church and outside the church just completely go off the mark and just do whatever they want to do or just you know do something just crazy so why do so to clarify yeah. why, why do the kids kind of go off the rails <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i mean i think there's a lot of factors that play um in my observant observance and in my conversations and uh uh and just looking and reading doing some research on that i mean there's studies on pastor's families and life as a family of a pastor and so forth. Um, I think there's a lot of factors. One, for example, is uh, the public image of the pastor is different than the private experience Mm -hmm. of a father. Um, So a kid growing up sees that dissonance if the character is not matched. Gotcha. Um, and I think that that is a factor. That's not, again, not everybody's situation. The other is, um, in, in some ways, uh, the kid, the whole family is a public image. And um, people have access to your lives because they have access to the pastor, the father, um, his life or her life, depending on who's right. listening. Um, and, uh, I think that pressure can either be self-imposed on children, um, like it's too much for them to kind of feel like everybody's watching them all the time and making mm-hmm. sure that they're they're living a certain way, or it's too much for the the pastor, or the the husband, or the father, um, because he's trying to keep his family in line to protect or preserve an image. And so, if a child grows up kind of in this like very um legalistic or um kind of tense rigid way or manner um they're going to rebel against that in time Mm -hmm. and i think that is another factor in in what takes place uh so um again that that might not have been imposed by the the father himself it might have just been just the nature of the the job and then the the demeanor and disposition of the children and, and handling that uh, and handling all eyes on them mm-hmm. uh, feeling themselves that they had to be a certain way or look a certain way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think those, those are just some big, big factors there. Um, you know, that I think played into that kind of stereotype. Gotcha. Yeah. Now was your father, would you say your father's character was consistent inside the church and outside the church? Like, did you see the same man preach, (laughs) excuse me, preaching 
you know, inside the church. And then the same man was inside the home. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'd say so. And I mean, to a fault, meaning (laughs) one of the things we sadly teased my father about growing up um, was how he, my dad kind of fumbled over his words a lot and he kind of wasn't so concerned about how he looked um, and uh, how he dressed like and how his, his dress started kind of falling apart, you know? So we would always kind of tease him for his, him getting tongue tied a lot, (laughs) you know, and just kind of just being himself, just like how he was at home was there. It was him as a pastor and um, it was almost to the other degree where it's like, you might want to hide that a little bit, <laughs> mm. you know, um, pants falling down in the sanctuary, you know, things like that. That, But the thing is, everybody loved that about my dad. Mm-hmm. He was so real. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so real and people got that. And where I grew up, it was very, um, oh, forgive me, is it is it blue collar or white collar, the hardworking class? Um I think it's blue collar. I, I, I get think. confused on that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, people worked really hard. They weren't necessarily, they were more like common people. And mm-hmm. my, my dad was relatable. And, you know, him making some mistakes that were inconsequential and mm-hmm. kind of being his authentic self in that way. And, and then him not really worrying about it. We're, you know, he yeah. wasn't ashamed of it. Uh, people respected that and were drawn to that and drawn to him and even though we as children and i teased him about it sometimes you know because it kind of created some embarrassment on our end we we learned to just really just appreciate that and it was um something to respect actually because, i love it yeah i mean like you, when you're a kid you might find it a little embarrassing but as you get older oh absolutely you totally see the the consistency and the lack of dissonance you know what i mean and you're just like wow you can appreciate that Mm -hmm. how real your father was in both of those roles oh absolutely i remember we used to (laughs) my dad would would, uh he would make a big deal out of buying these like cheap running shoes and and I'm like, like, Dad, okay, whatever. He's a corny or whatever. Yeah. So, yo, man, I got these for like twenty dollars or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so, like, oh. and I'm thinking, you need to buy some expensive shoes. Yeah. But now that I'm a father myself, it's like, you know, I, I understand that. You know, you don't. What do you need with a pair of, you know, two hundred dollar shoes? I'm not a sneakerhead anymore, but. um you know, if they could get me to point A to point B and I get thirty, pay pay thirty bucks for it, I'd make a big deal out of it too. You know, but uh, but twenty years ago, probably you know, or fifty. I don't know. I'm only, I'm when you pass thirty, you just kind of forget how old you are. So <laughs> years ago, I was back then. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So yeah, man. So in middle school going to high school was it pretty consistent um just routine with you and your family um your father's pastoring you're helping out at the church get more involved Mm -hmm. now let me ask you this question uh did your dad have like a lot of in-house bible studies with you 
meaning with me myself or just like with parishioners that no just like just family bible study just you and your siblings your mom uh to be honest no uh if i were to answer that honestly i I would say no um uh it was my mom was probably more the intentional prayer with you know bringing the, the family together in those ways um even though my father is involved in it and obviously brought into the conversations and into the life of the home, God and the <laughs> scripture. And so it was not necessarily a organized time mm-hmm. that he okay. initiated or, gotcha. or but any, if there were situations where we all jointly prayed, he would be the one that did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if gotcha. that makes sense. Like if my mom would say like, if someone's praying on behalf of the family, it's you, dad, it's you, husband. You know? um, so, Gotcha. Yeah. Now, your father, being a pastor, and you growing up, mm-hmm. going through the keys of life and the, the rhythms of life, becoming a young man, mm-hmm. I guess, dating, grades, sports, whatever. Did you ever have the notion that your father didn't have time for you and he all his time was at the church or you didn't feel like that? Uh, well, actually, I just reminded you, that is another factor why many PKs turn out or, or could turn out to not be so, be so great. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, or they, they kind of embody that stereotype because of uh, fatherly absence because they're mm-hmm. not their father is just spending all their time in the church and with parishioners and less time with family and their children. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to bring up that particular point. My father, yeah. no, um, he was not like that. He was very involved, very present. Um, so I, I never felt uninvolved mm-hmm. um, or that he did not care. He was very intentional with that. Um, I played soccer i was really into that um many times practices were an hour away mm. uh, several times already an hour away uh because i played pretty high up um for for youth soccer um mm-hmm. and kind of encaptured like all of western new york which is has a, is a decently sized geography yeah. so those practices would be north towns while we lived in the south towns and it could be an hour away i would we would leave at five for a six o'clock practice that goes till seven thirty, and he would drive us back home, get home eight thirty nine, and then he'd go to sleep, and then wake up at four thirty five to do it, start the day all over again, you know. Um, and so, it, absolutely, I always felt loved and um, by my father, and felt that he had the time, and he always made the time. Um, That's awesome. He always was able to figure it out. Um, that doesn't mean that I wish that my father was more involved with different topics, Mm. um, and more proactive in conversation with certain topics that come along with, with topics, uh, being a middle schooler and (laughs) moving forward. Well, understanding myself as a man, uh, and the, the changes that I was going through sexually, physically, uh, you know what I mean? All of that, uh, you know, going on, it was, 
I th- I don't know what it is, but I think I, I could relate to that because I don't think I've had those type of talks with my father either. It's it's yeah. almost like it's a hands off conversation when it should be a hands on conversation. Exactly. Um, I don't remember a, a great extensive talk about sex. <laughs> Not a. I don't know. I sex. Mm-hmm. I, I had cousins that would talk about it a lot mm-hmm. and it was like a peer pressure type of thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the value of it. I knew that we weren't supposed to do it. And if you did got to be mad at you, that was, <laughs> that was what I got. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember my father bringing me in and saying, Hey, let, let's sit down and talk about this here. Let's, let's, you know, we could, Pull up a Bible too, if you want. You know, we can let's let's go through this thing because this thing is very important. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really have that. I remember a talk, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and same here. And I, I look back, and it's one of the things that was so powerful with my father in terms of why I he was a lot more flexible and less rigid and less um, um, forceful, you know, and all of these things. And it, it allowed me the freedom to grow up and allowed me the fr- freedom to kind of to see the faith in action in my family and it being real, that that also allowed me to make it my own and make it real. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so trying to shove it down, though it was it was still to saturate my life and so forth. Um, but um, the downside was in those type of things, I really wish my father would have um, had those conversations with me and not left me to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you did you date a lot? And I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, you know, and not that like I ended up terribly. I just mean I kind of look back and I really wish some things would have been spared. <laughs> Um, gotcha. or I gotcha. wish I would have been able to, um, have a little bit more hands-on guidance through some of the dating relationships, um, mm-hmm. and, and so forth. But, did you, did you get into any serious relationships in high school or middle school? Uh, less middle school, high school. Yeah. I had several girlfriends. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And nothing serious came of them, you know, in any way, shape or form within the relationship. But, um, you know, it was confusing. It was hard to figure out what, what I was supposed to be doing other than I knew how a man was to treat a woman (laughs) from Mm -hmm. certain kind of benevolent conversations and also the observance of my father. Um, but understanding myself and the urges and impulses and, you know, um, that was an uncomfortable conversation for my father. And so you brought it up with him and he was like, uh, to, let's not talk about it. <laughs> yeah. You can tell it was uncomfortable. With it. Um, and some of the times it had to do with, and, and just being completely transparent, um, you know, the computer and being a boy mm-hmm. uh, growing up. And it was more, uh, you know, one time I remember getting caught, not in the act, but caught that I did it. And it was more like um, a really uncomfortable conversation, not just because I was getting in trouble, but it was just like, I'm just going to tell you, don't do it. 
<laughs> it was just like, don't do it. Um, and it was very much like, this could really mess, mess, mess with your head growing up and mm-hmm. can really mess with your future marriage, which, mm-hmm. okay, that, that's fair, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. but it wasn't really an involved depth that I think was needed to walk through that season of my life mm-hmm. um, to kind of cope with all of the complexities that I was feeling and experiencing and, oh, yeah. you know, um, and it, it was more I knew based off of those little conversations how uncomfortable it was that it wasn't something I would be like, go to talk to him about. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I think I think that's the thing with it's like stand up parents. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you look at them like they are perfect. So it was like, could they even relate to my mess? You know, even growing <laughs> up, it's like. Yeah. Do, you, do you even understand this? Like, you know, in, in, as a child, you probably think your parents have been straight shooters their entire lives. So, yeah. cause that's how, you know, you, you've raised them, you know, it's like, um, if your father is a pastor, got married, did things right. And then you get the side of your dad. That's just, you know, God all the time. Then it's just, you don't see how he used to be in yeah, yeah, yeah. different things. So he's going to tell you the right way, which is fine. But if you don't have that understanding, it's like, I don't think he'll, he'll understand me. He doesn't get it. He's always like, cause I, I, I can relate to that too. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tough barrier to break down. Um, and I think it, if it's possible, if it, depending on how transparent your, the father is, it's like, okay, if your yeah. son's comfortable enough to have these conversations. But I think the dad should, shouldn't lower himself too much to make it, hey, we're pals and we're buddies because, you know, yay, yeah. son, you know. He, <laughs> children still need guidance too. Right. So you, you got to gauge it for sure. It's definitely tough. And I think part of it with my father was uh, he left home. He went to boarding I, he might even went to boarding middle school, but he definitely went to boarding high school. And then he went to college, boarding college. And then he went to seminary and then he took his call to Buffalo. He literally left home when he was like 13 or 14. Mm. And um, he himself went through those stages, majority of those stages without a, being present with his father. Mm. So he, he himself didn't, have that experience to be able to even know to do that as a father, if that makes sense. Um, so your father didn't have a relationship with his father. I'm sorry. Oh, no, he, he did. Um, but in terms of like, he wasn't at home when he was kind of going through those stages um, for it to be so hands-on or to, I, I don't think that his dad and him had that type of relationship in which they talked about those things. Um mm-hmm those man things <laughs> uh, pertaining to sexuality and those urges and the computer and all of those things. Um, you know, I don't even think there was a computer then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they probably just had magazines at that point. <laughs> magazines at that point. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, but no, they had a, they absolutely had a relationship and um, That's no, good. nothing negative. Yeah. So, being a, a, a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. um, you graduate high school, you go to college, 
you're still growing young man mm-hmm. uh, when did you want to become a pastor how did that happen oh that is a fun question uh as you know the line of pastors is just simply my dad's a pastor my brother's a pastor and i'm a pastor um so both of my dad's sons became pastors in his mm-hmm. life uh <laughs> Mine, my, I can't share my story without sharing my story with my brother because it's just kind of funny how it paralleled and, and you know, it was different. Sure. No one expected my brother to be a pastor, uh, nor did he ever express interest in it. He just, <laughs> he came home, like, I think it was his junior or senior year in college and it was just like, dropped the bomb that he was going <laughs> to become a pastor. And everyone was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no one had thought of it for him. No one had even encouraged it, you know, not in a bad way, but just, it just wasn't on the radar, but it was just so resolute when he made the decision and then he just became mm. a pastor. Right. <laughs> for me, everybody thought I was going to become a pastor. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and everybody kind of encouraged it. Um, everybody kind of brought that up in conversation here and there growing up and, and it didn't turn me off. But I, I absolutely, my path was a little bit more um, <laughs> wavy, <laughs> if you want to put gotcha. it that way. And I, it was always on the back of my head, obviously. Like, how could it not be if somebody's always, if the community of faith is bringing that up a lot sometimes. Um, but I was on, on route to, I was, uh, I went to college playing Division One soccer. Um, already playing semi-professional soccer at that point. Um, I thought that was where I was heading Mm -hmm. in the immediate future, more, more immediate future to pursue that. Like that was the Avenue God was opening up for my life, um, with that passion and that gift that he gave me and I loved history. So Mm -hmm. I, I attended Binghamton university on scholarship to play soccer and major in history. Um, and I, uh, again, I had a religious studies and I was like, well, I'll still dabble in that. And I'll just keep that. I'll kind of, I'll keep that on, on hold and, and possibly <laughs> something to explore. Um, so it was just kind of um, put off. Um, you know, I, there were a lot of other, besides soccer, I was considering military, you know, there was just a lot of different passions that I um, could see myself walking toward and down. Um, but it was actually my, my kind of Kairos moment, my, sorry, my, um, pinnacle moment was my freshman year in college, mm-hmm. um, within my first semester, I hurt my back severely, mm-hmm. um, to the point where I was bedridden. Mm-hmm. I could, I could not get out of bed some days. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> was not really sure if I was ever going to be able to play soccer again. Mm-hmm. Um, to put, it's a lot more complex than that, but to keep it simple, that was kind of the predicament I was in based off of my back injury. Uh, and I, you know, obviously if that was the direction I had kind of set up thinking that's where God was leading me, it was like, boom, probably <laughs> not, maybe not. You know, even right. it took a while for me to get back. Um, I was able to play again by my junior year, not at the same college I transferred. Uh, but I was like, I'm not going to be able to, it's going to be 
almost too difficult for me to get back into Division One with this injury. Mm-hmm. So that's right. one of the, one of the reasons why I transferred. Um, so this is a lot more con- convoluted, um, <laughs> but so that was one aspect to it was that being brought to my knees, brought to my bed, <laughs> being bedridden, um, that kind of direction being robbed, you know, for me, for, right. so to speak. Um, but also I, I was the only Christian on my team and I was the only Christian in my dorm as far as I know, but definitely the only Christian in my suite. So the way mm. it was worked is I had like, um, I had five other roommates because it was like three dorms in a suite. Um, that was kind of its own existence. And that was a very, um, both rewarding experience, but also very damaging, um, how so well self-imposed damaging because um i went through a lot of my um a lot of despair Mm. that in that experience with my back injury that Mm. my resolution of being a uh (laughs) my faith dwindled um at different points and um you know, I kind of fell into some of the traps and fell into partying, um, you know, trying to cope with my my hurt and my, my despair that I was experiencing. So I started kind of embracing some of their lifestyle. Um, you know, how was your fa- how was your was your father around for that part? Did you keep in contact with him for that? How vocal um, was he? I think I kept certain aspects of that hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, though I made it real, the struggle that I was going through spiritually, uh, if that makes sense, I kind of kept some of the, the behavior, uh, you know, I wasn't like off the walls, but it was not anything I'm yeah. proud of. And, uh, now quick question. What, yeah. why do you, why do you think you couldn't tell your father? Uh, uh, you know, I think it was a natural fear of your father. Not, I don't, I look, you know, I, I think about that. And I'm like, no, I wasn't afraid. He was a very gracious man, but I don't think I, I was afraid of what he would think of me. You know, mm. I was afraid of the disappointment, you know, yeah. I was afraid of that. I was concerned of, uh, that he just the look in his eyes or the, the tone of his voice. If he shared that stuff, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, it was one of those things. So in my experience that I had a complete turnaround, you know, I, I hit rock bottom both physically and then also spiritually in that time. And I was just so ashamed of my mistakes, you know, that I contemplated hurting myself, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, God really placed certain people in my life. Uh, my brother who, you know, my brother who had conversations with me on the phone, uh, he, uh, uh, all of a sudden, for some, I, I literally say, mean this, somehow a Christian student organization found me. Like, <laughs> just our paths crossed at Korean Christian Fellowship and they welcomed me in. Like, just welcomed me in and really loved loved me during that time uh you know and even would bring me food when i couldn't get out of bed you know it was just really really profound divine moments that god 
was kind of you know stacking on top of each other. And then there was a local family, again, a local Lutheran family that somehow learned of me. I still don't know how. It sounds creepy, but I, they somehow learned of me and they somehow got a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started picking me up for church every Sunday. Oh, sweet. You know, and uh, it was really um, all of those kind of different pieces were so moving. And then my experience being the only Christian in the dorm and then having those relations, like those relationships with them and, and those conversations with my dorm mates, um, both pre me screwing up and then post me screwing up, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, all of that con- convinced me that God was actually leading me to be a pastor. <laughs> mm. Um, okay. Gotcha. You know, you know, all of those interactions, all of those experiences, all of the, the heart that God was forming in me um, through them, you know, where the Holy Spirit was tugging saying, Hey, you know, um, this is where I'm, I'm leading you to um, Jonah, you know, <laughs> and gotcha. you know, uh, it's not like I just woke up and was like, boom, <laughs> I'm going to be a pastor. <laughs> I had to go through the fire. And... So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was um, going to say that was a long Oh, 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 no, 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 it's all good. So with with that being said, you went through this season of uh, just, <laughs> excuse me, of despair. Mm-hmm. And your father knew about some elements of it. And what were some of his words to encourage you? That you, if you can remember them. Oh, man trying to remember my dad was absolutely encouraging and then he learned a lot more post you know after some of the healing um and he was very accepting and loving you know he never you know amidst it in terms of that during that those times Mm -hmm. uh, i think my dad called me you know every other day and if i I don't remember all the conversations, to be honest, and I don't remember most of it. I remember some of the big conversations with my brother, but I remember the actions of him calling um, pretty regularly and always picking up the phone when I called. Mm, That's powerful. Um, You know, I don't remember all the content, but I remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, Gotcha. And yeah, and I think that itself is encouraging. Yeah, it is. You know. Cause, cause he's there, you know, I, there's something about, uh, just a father, Mm -hmm. um, just being there for you when you need him to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I see, (laughs) yeah, I mean, you have small children, but when they cry or something goes wrong, they run to you, right? you know, cause it's almost like, you know, help me. And then you pick them up and then all is well. You don't really do anything, but it's enough for them. And uh, I, I think that's awesome Yeah. Um, for that. Um, were you going to say something or? Well, I was going to say, I, you know, again, it's like one of those powerful things or, you know, I was saying how when I close my eyes and I think of this, the church that I grew up in, I can remember the details, you know, the look. I remember not necessarily what was said. I remember conversations and where I was on campus. I oh remember, yeah. I remember the times where I would be on one of the paths to, to get from, you know, um, in my crippled way 
from mm-hmm. class to <laughs> um, back to my dorm, you know, looking and seeing my dad calling on my old Samsung flip phone, you mm-hmm. know, and picking it up. And, you know, I just remember those kind of images and yeah, those being some highlights um, and uplifting times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And just to skip ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Graduate college. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, you meet Crystalline. Okay. Yep. And you guys get married. Mm-hmm. Now, did you... How did your father react to that news, or um, did you bring him home, her home, and say, "Hey, Dad, you know, <laughs> I think this might be it." What do you think? What What were some of his words then? If, if you, you know, it was more like, "It's about time." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because out of my siblings, I did I by no means got married late by any standard globally. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on the culture, but. Um, in my Buffalo culture and then also my family, I got married later. My sister mm-hmm. and brother were like 21. Oh, um, I you gotcha. know, and I was 20. Oh my goodness. I don't even remember 27, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they would have just been, they were just rooting for me to find the right girl. Right. And right. And to be able to actually, come home and say or call home and say this is the one right <laughs> this, mm-hmm. this is who i'm i'm going to marry and so they were just elated that i find that's awesome you know um because at this point i was i had moved out to la mm-hmm. um single and was in my uh what's called the a vicarage which is essentially student pastor internship stuff <laughs> while mm-hmm. i'm doing the studies i'm student pastoring actively um and you know it's gonna be it would be it's hard in that state to find someone mm-hmm. but then becoming a pastor it's hard it worked out for my father right uh but it's hard right you're, you're a public pastor figure it's kind of hard to find somebody who is going to be willing to marry that or who, where would you find somebody if you're not going to be looking within your own church right you know type of thing so it was just it was what we were wondering if it was going to happen or not. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it just kind of was just like about time, really elated, um, mm-hmm. really, really supportive. And um, yeah. And they were very gracious with the fact that my relationship with Crystalline was at, well, not between her and I, but we were at a distance. They didn't meet her, or get, get to know her at the same pace or level that, they did with my sister-in-law or my brother-in-law mm-hmm. because they were so young. They were all, they were kind of like involved in the family a lot. Right, right, right. You know, I was already distant, able to go home maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. All of our relationship was all apart from them. Yeah. You know, so been very, really welcoming, which is so meaningful. Awesome. Uh, you know, I didn't doubt, I didn't expect anything different, but my dad treated her like she was family. That's first awesome. Time, first time meeting her, you know. Yeah, it, it it sounds like your father was just a really, you know, stand-up guy. He was there for you. He made time. He's yeah. a pastor, a preacher. 
Um, and it sounds like he really lived out what he preached. I mean, yeah. to the best of his ability, it doesn't seem like he was in it for the money or, you know, no. whatever reason people get into that. Um, that's not really beneficial to others, but it seems like he was doing it because he really had a conviction and love for God and people. Um, that's that's really remarkable. It's, it's it's a refreshing to hear stories like this. Yeah, my um, dad was a he was a true shepherd. He is a true shepherd. You know, both in the profession, you know, but also um, with us as children. You know, awesome. Yeah, awesome. you know, and to share, you know, with my mm-hmm. uh, regarding my father and me becoming a pastor, my dad. Somebody was like, "Did he really encourage that?" <laughs> like did like the fact that my brother and I both turned out that way it sounds you know it kind of comes off like you know it was in the family keep it in the family we're like actually no again my dad mm-hmm. had that like flexible like aura gave us the f- the space you know to ex- mm-hmm. discover and if anything he did the opposite he was real about it mm. not only because we we saw a lot like there were boundaries but we did you know there's, we saw the challenges of being a pastor, um, being pastor's children. Um, but he, he was real with it. He's like, Hey, if you're looking for an easy job, I remember these conversations. He's like, if you're looking for an easy job with good pay and you know, all this stuff, this isn't it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, he's like, this is not what it's for. Um, and it's, it's hard work. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, he was a pastor at the same church for 39 years. Now is your father still alive? He is. Yeah. Okay. That's he awesome. retired. Yeah. He retired. Um, uh, I can't remember how many years back to 2015. Gotcha. Um, after 39 years, he, he baptized, confirmed, married, buried people. You know, like life lifespans of people, sadly, you know, um, just wow. how long he was there. Yeah. Wow that that is that's that's a, that is a very long time, very long time. Well, just winding down, Bart. I want to ask you, what is one thing that you want to share with the our listeners of what you've learned from your father? think uh you know are just reiterating what i shared and this is the thing that's really on my heart as a father um especially with little girls um and with girls is um a, a father's presence is absolutely crucial and critical and meaningful to um a, a child that may not show up until that child's older Mm. and you know you might not get the gratitude or the the uh until later um Mm. that my dad did any everything to be creative to be present and yes he might have had a job that allowed him to have that creative time to kind of Mm -hmm. move things around um but he did it and I don't think that should take away from how much he had to think about and work to situate his day to be that type of dad. 
um, mm-hmm. that I have always remembered and will and pray I could live up to as a father. Like I, I sometimes I'm like I get I, I don't I sleep past a certain time and I'm like oh my dad, <laughs> like, <laughs> he never did this. <laughs> oh no, where did I get this behavior from? <laughs> I was like I'm like he never did he never slept longer than he was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and <clears throat> I just think I think sometimes our culture. Um, you know, which I'm sure you you completely are, are in line with, devalues the role of a father. But I think also it's because you don't see the same neediness of a child toward the father as you do toward the mom in those early years. In the early years, yeah. Yeah, but the impact and longevity is so essential um, that yeah. I think the fathers really need to sacrifice what they want out of the moment. Mm-hmm. You know that that appreciation, that sense that the, they're doing something to to know that they're building a foundation, right? Um, that will will bear fruit in due season. Yeah, it's a it's a greater picture. Yeah. Uh, type of endeavor. It's yeah. really, really a bigger picture endeavor. Yeah. And. Uh, it it takes time, like you said. You said longevity is a really good word. Yeah. It it's not a quick microwave deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's <laughs> it's it's really laying brick for a long time, but yeah. it it does pay off. Absolutely. And my dad never, um, never complained about his service to us as children, um, and his um, the amount of effort he put in. I, I sometimes like, how did he have the energy like to do that and then drive us an hour to soccer? And like, I look back, I'm like, how did you have this energy? Uh, and never complained about it. And um, like I said, he really showed his, the character of a father being a servant. And and I think even if like sometimes, uh, even if a father's present, there's like this machoism. Uh, or of like this is what a father man is as a present right. father, active father, and I think my dad just showed that yeah, first and foremost to me, like I I'm a servant, and that's the character I want to show you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think that was really, really, really meaningful to me. Well, Bart, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's really refreshing hearing the stories about you and your father. And it seems like a really good model of something, especially walking in the, um, the I guess, the ministry of being a pastor. Um, it's really remarkable how he really laid it all down for you guys and I'm sure you still call him to this day and just pick his brain about certain things. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> dude, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, man, I, I thanks again for coming on the show. It's It was really cool having you, and it was a blessing to have Crystal in as well. Um, and um, is there anything you want to say to, to, to close this out? Any last-minute tips you want to leave the viewers with? Uh, no, or if you want to plug uh, your church or something, anyone 
in the LA area. I don't know. I don't need to do that. I just get the I get the privilege of being a college pastor, and that's a huge time. And that's what, one of the reasons why I love being and have it on my heart to be a college pastor is that experience that I shared with you. Yeah. Um, you know, and I kind of get to be like a. a um, I see myself uh, with many of the students that I work with um, as a partner to their fathers, whether mm-hmm. their fathers are present or not. <laughs> um, All right, right, right. And, and impact in the lives of those kids, you know, and, um, you know, and, and walking alongside of them. So uh, that's one of the big reasons why I'm a college pastor was that experience and um, showing that manhood, um, what it means to be a man in Christ um, mm-hmm. toward, toward other men and toward women, what it's the guys are meant to, how they're supposed to be a man toward women and so forth. But mainly I want to thank you um, for inviting um, both uh, Crystal and me um, to be a part of this. Uh, I think this is really great. I think mm-hmm. it's so needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep it up. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, praying for you and the, all the listeners that are mm-hmm. hearing this, whatever your walks of life are, is um, or are, uh, uh, take fatherhood seriously and yeah. uh, and listen to all the stories um, and experiences of children. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks again, man, and no thank you for that uh, the prayer and you know praise God for you know what He's doing. Yeah. Uh, everyone. Have a wonderful, blessed 